want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. Now the power is with the creators. So the trainers are your creators. Mm. For the trainers watching, you're a creator. Create. For the gym owners, help your trainers create. And then you yourself, whether you own five locations, 10 locations, 15 locations, put yourself out there. You need to be doing a pod the way Andres is doing. You need to really be acting as if you were the same advice I gave to the trainer of one. You need to put yourself out there as an individual more. Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you here join us. Today, we have a special guest, Kaiser Sarah Juden, founder of Better Body Bootcamp. Since launching in 2011, Kaiser has grown Better Body into one of the nation's top privately owned training programs and facilities. Now, more recently, he initiated the TLT licensing program to help aspiring trainers establish and scale their own practices. This innovative program allows trainees to generate over $100,000 in revenue in under 90 days. So if you're not doing that, definitely check us out right now. And if this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to this podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think will enjoy it. And as we dive into the episode, get ready to be inspired by Kaiser as we explore personal growth, entrepreneurship, self-discovery, and just get ready for an episode filled with inspiration and actionable strategies to grow your thriving gym. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast. I am joined today with Kaiser. And Kaiser, I can't believe we got him on the show. This guy is so impactful, so amazing. And Kaiser, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got here and and what makes you tick. If you give us a little, so the audience knows you a little bit better. Great talking to you, Andres. Uh, what a pleasure. What serendipity meeting you. Uh, I met you at, um, at GymCon. Uh, we stayed in touch after that. Uh, I've learned a lot about your business, extremely impressed, extremely impressed with this podcast. So I'm really psyched on here. Uh, and with my business, uh, I started as an independent trainer. I saw the writing on the wall that one-on-one training wasn't necessarily the best way to grow or go. So I took a little detour. I went into information marketing back in the old days. We're talking 15 years ago, pre-social media. And the thing with info marketing back then, it was like... um. It was the golden age. Guys like Frank Kern, Ryan Dice were just coming up. Dan Kennedy obviously was the dominant person in the industry. Companies like Infusionsoft were extremely dominant. So it was such a great era to learn from. But what happened was my info marketing students, they were learning a lot from me, everything that I knew. They were opening studios. And at the means and in the same time, in that period, I became just really disillusioned. I was living a laptop lifestyle. 
And I realize that I'm a real world person. I need the social mirror. I need to be meeting guys like you at conferences. I need to, you know, I need to be in the mix. So I opened my first studio and I was off and running. Opened my first studio. I, I did that in uh, 2011. Within six wow. months, opened my second one. Uh, by my second year, I hit, hit over 700,000 combined with those locations. A couple of years later, another studio. A couple of years later, franchising. And then here we are. You know, um, And then one thing that I've noticed, just to give, get everyone totally up to speed with what I'm doing now, is that uh, I had the franchising model pre-pandemic, sold a bunch of them. Afterwards, those franchises have been thriving. They're all here in the New York area. But I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I think the power is with the creators. It's with the trainers. It's with the people. So what I'm doing now is my company, Top Level Trainer. It's all the horsepower of my franchise. What makes my studios tick, what gets my studios $2 million a year, I put that behind the trainer. One person, a Mm. business of one. So you have all that horsepower, allows you to compete. And quite honestly, I think without that much effort and horsepower in the industry with how crowded it is, in the fitness business, you know this very well. You probably know this better than anyone. Then, um, then that actually allows you to compete and create a thriving. I love that. I love that, Kaiser. Tell us a little bit about how are you helping trainers? Like, give us like your shining case study of a trainer and how you help them. Because I, you know, this is I'm just intrigued. Right? It's like, oh wow, okay. So you have clubs, studios, but you're focused on the trainer. What do you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um. One thing that I understood very early on in the game, when I branched out and just became a business of one that I started by myself, uh, I realized it was going to take more than just me being a good guy and a good trainer for me to compete and to get an overflow of clients, to have a real business. So I branded myself, marketed myself, formed partnerships. And that's how even when I was a business of one, I was able to be successful. And I think trainers very often, I don't consider myself to be the best trainer. I think God shares his gifts with people in different quantities, depending who you are. So the trainers, my ideal people that I work with are actually in better shape. They're younger than me. They're more passionate about They They have like great, great fitness accomplishments. What's working against them is that they may not necessarily be a brand. You know, a lot of us get into this business because we love people. You know, we'd have gone into something else if that wasn't the case. So we have this love for people. We want to really, really do well. But getting the reciprocal part, getting paid properly for it, I don't think is always top of mind for trainers. And I also think trainers undervalue uh, the knowledge and expertise that they bring. You know, I heard someone talk about this recently that more people are millionaires than have six packs. In the sense that, you know, if you were a multimillionaire, you had a $10 million business, maybe you would feel very confident to charge a lot and coach people on that journey. But I don't think the trainers are valuing themselves, valuing their service or approaching the business in the right way to make the money they want. So that's really who I'm going for. The driven trainer, the trainer that has already clients, that, that wants to be a lifer in this business. And my mission is to take them to the next level. I love it. I love it. Do you have any like, because this is like a show that takeaways, right? Little takeaways. And so I haven't even dived into the actual like content and questions, but do you have like some, something like some, some tactical things that, that you helped with trainers and maybe share with a little bit? Because I I love the people to reach out to you and say, Hey, Kaiser, I need your help. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I mean, specifically tactical, 
you know, I know the business that you're in, Andres, and you're working with these big companies and you're working with these licensing companies and these franchises. And many of the things that they do may not necessarily work for the solo trainer. Right. And many of the things they do, the trainers need to adapt. Yeah, exactly. And adopt. Yeah. Like I just mentioned, the trainers are not coming big enough. They're not branding themselves. Yeah. They're not marketing themselves. Do you help them with that? The branding and the and, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't believe in selling courses. I think a course is another book on the shelf collecting nice. dust. Okay, much of what I do is done for you. Really, so much of it is done for you that it'll actually make your head spin. Wow. Well, I, I mean, the way I look at it is that what would you do for a franchisee? Mm-hmm. The franchisee cuts you a check, and they're like, "Okay, I got to run the business, but you better do it for me." You know, you better give me everything. So that's the, right. the, the arrangement I have with my licensees. And one thing, again, to answer your question is I think some of the things that apply for big businesses, even like companies like yours, a SaaS company, things like monthly billing and stuff like that, recurring revenue, I think for a trainer, an independent trainer, a trainer of one, a lot of those things don't apply. I think a trainer of one, you really have a lot of ability, more than you know, to impact your revenue. You can raise your prices a little bit. You can get all your clients attending a little more. You can pitch and promote a little more. You can actively prospect and then get a little more clients. And then before you know it, in a very short period of time, you can double your income. Interesting. So I love it because, I mean, listen, you said the trainers might be a better trainer than you. But I tell you what, what you do really good and I've noticed is that you have a voice, like impactful voice. Like when you speak, we're listening. And so- you must be teaching these trainers on how to get that voice out there. And I think that's super important, right? Because even if you're confident, if you're soft-spoken and you're not really having the voice that you need so people can hear you, and sometimes it doesn't matter what you're saying, but just say, hey, listen, I want you to pay attention. And that voice helps you pay attention. You know, it's like, okay, now I got you. What are you saying? And then boom, pick up what you're putting down. And that's all. I love it. You hit it, man. I mean, you hit it. And you're the shining example of this, that you have this amazing podcast. You know, before we turned the cameras on, I was just, you know, asking you about how I can level up my game. You're using your voice. You're like really bringing it. It's going back to what I mentioned, that these trainers are not realizing the power they have. If you have a six pack, if you're passionate about fitness, you can make a real impact. So you better come big you better come correct. When I discovered you, looked at what you're doing, saw what you had going on, saw what you're doing with your podcast, the level of guests you have, it became obvious to me this is either the best player in the market or is soon to be for this service. And this person needs to be taken seriously. And when Andres talks to me about his products and services, I need to take him seriously. All right, that is because you brought the voice. So that's what I want trainers to do. You have to bring it. I should be able to go to your social media and just have the feeling, oh, this is the best trainer in all of Dallas. Right. And go through his social media or her social media and be like, yeah, kind of makes sense. You know, like if you landed on my page for my primary business, Better Body Bootcamp, you're on my shirt. And someone told you, you know, this is the top privately owned chain in the country. This is the fastest growing or was the fastest growing. It's just completely disrupting the industry. And you would go to the page and you'd be like, all right, I mean, I know Kaiser. Yeah, I'm buying it. I believe it. If you came to my Instagram, top level trainer, and you were like, you know what? This is the only guy in the industry that is really walking the walk and talking the talk. He's disrupting the industry. 
he's going to soon be the biggest player in the trainer market. You would land on my page and you'd be like, um, I don't know. He's not there yet, but makes sense. So that's the level of effort I want trainers to bring. That's the voice I want them to use. You're just posting occasionally. Your account is private. Yeah. Like, like you're not doing it. It's a strategy, Kaiser. It's a strategy, you know, because if I'm private, then they want what they can't get. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what you got to learn from the big boys. But you know what? There, there is like a yin and yang to that. I mean, sure. I mean, you know that very well. Like you with Review Biz and the amazing podcast, it's kind of like an attraction model. And the way I consider selling in training is I call it loose aggressive, that you want to be aggressive in the, and assertive in the sense that somebody is coming to you for help. So you want to give them that help and help them on that journey, but then you want to kind of relax. But relax does not mean having a private account or anything like that. You better come big. You better be documenting what's going on. Yeah. The one thing I want to point out on this is that with you, like for your company to hit its goals and to be viable, we're talking thousands of customers. For me and my company, a chain in New York, we're talking thousands of customers. For a trainer to hit six figures, six figures, top 10% earner in our country. Yeah. 12 to 15 clients. Come on, man. Yeah. If you're doing activities to get you one or two clients, that's game changing, game changing. And if you're really coming the way that I show trainers and the way I set them up, you're not going to get one or two. You're going to get about legitimately like within a couple of months, eight, nine, 10, 11, on top of the eight or 10 clients you have now, you've just blown past six figures. I love it. Love it. Yeah, man. Because sometimes that, that six figures like, oh, man, if I only got the once you get there, it's like, OK, next hurdle. And it's like, but yeah, you're right. Like for them, a trainer of one, a business of one is like, hey, get the six figures. That's all in. Nothing like so much, so many expenses. And so it, it's great, man. I, I think people are going to definitely because we have regular business owners, gym owners, and we got trainers listening. So it's so important to understand. And how does a gym owner connect with a trainer. Like let's, for example, I'm a trainer. I'm using your services. You're my, you're my coach. You're, you're, you're telling me what to do. And exactly, you know, you're helping me out with my, my business, but I, I'm a trainer for a gym. How does a gym work with some, one of your trainers? Like how do they, and I've seen it all the time where it's like, no, they need to, to represent the gym brand. They need to represent the gym brand, gym brand. It's like, well, let them represent themselves and also your brand. Like don't snuff them out work together. Like how does a gym owner and a trainer that's your client work together? I think I'm intrigued about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, the lessons go across the board for the gym owners out there. I I know that that's your bread and butter. That's who's listening, right? For the gym owners, first of all, here's like a myriad of, you know, little tidbits that I, I would share. First of all, so you have your trainers, your trainers, like you as the gym owner, don't necessarily own those clients. It's the trainers. Do not be afraid to build your trainers up. Do it the right way, but build your trainers up, and then you're going to see that they're really going to shine. They're going to be able to uh, really sell for you. Like what I have all of my people, all my licensee pursue, is at minimum a 50-50 arrangement with the mm. gym. That's an amazing thing. If you're a gym and you're paying like only 30% or 25%, it's not going to motivate your person. You know what? Move them to 1099. They don't have to be an employee. And then do a 50-50 arrangement. That's going to create a great ownership mentality with them. And then I want you to foster that. Now, my advice up to now, my last little rant was talking about how the gym owner needs to step up and be a brand. Yeah. For the gym 
I'm sorry, for the trainer to step up and be a brand. For the gym owner, I think a mistake you may be making is relying on your brand too much. Like you, again, are, are a great example of that. You could have Review Biz and you could have your sales team, yeah, hi, this is Tommy. I'm calling from Review Biz. I would like to tell you about our services and how it could help your gym. But no, you're out up front. You're putting yourself out there. People feel a connection to you. You're not just relying on the brand. So I think for the gym owners out there, we've moved to a new era. This mm-hmm. is why I completely changed my model. Franchising was so appealing to me. But now the power is with the creators. So the trainers are your creators. Mm. But for the trainers watching, you're a creator. Create. For the gym owners, help your trainers create. And then you yourself, whether you own five locations, 10 locations, 15 locations, put yourself out there. You need to be doing a pod the way Andres is doing. You need to be doing some of the content. And you need to really be acting as if you were the same advice I gave to the trainer of one. The trainer of one... He is the brand, so he has to brand more. You're the gym owner. You have a brand. You need to put yourself out there as an individual more. And whatever way, shape, or form, people will connect. And promote your trainers. Am I, am I hearing that right, too? It's like, hey, promote yourself as yourself, a your brand of, and then also your trainers. Like, how can you, the gym itself promote not only the owner, but also the other trainers? Like, you have how many trainers? Five trainers, 10 trainers, whatever. But now, like, everybody's collaborating on content. How powerful is that? You then become a media company. Not only are you a gym company, I literally, like that woke me up. I am no longer just a software company. I'm a media company creating content on a weekly basis and it's amazing. And then I have a team behind me that helped me kind of curate and make things and, and all that stuff is great. But again, the business needs to change. And I think you're, you're talking about this as promoting and creating that content that people need to hear. Yeah, the equity now, it's why I changed my business model. It's the equity is with the characters. It's with the people. It's never yeah. been easier to tell that story. You know, the NBA made a transformative change when unlike other team sports, rather than the brand, they switched to the athletes. Magic versus Michael. And then, no, I'm sorry, Magic versus Bird. And then Michael, right? right. So all of that stuff. And then the power is with the characters. You know, Bob Iger, when he went on his buying frenzy and he bought Marvel and he bought Star Wars, people are like, you're spending billions on these brands. He said, these characters Mm. are priceless. Yeah. And think of how much, you know, they've actually had to pump the brakes with Star Wars. They were milking the characters and the brand equity like too much. You know, Mm. they have like the origin stories, Rogue One, Obi-Wan, and then. Mandalorian, and now you got the old Casa, and then, dude, I'm telling you, like they're they're doing exactly what you're saying, dude. Guys, listen up. He's not just saying what he feels; he's saying what's going on in the industry and what people are paying attention to. So, if they're paying attention to the characters, your gym is a full of characters. We can't argue that. That's for sure. (laughs) So, how do we showcase the characters, and then? the possible members that are out there are going to connect with those. Oh, that character. That's the one I resonate with. Yes. Come check us out. Connect. Let's go. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, definitely. You hit it, man. Did I hit did I, I Right. I'm excited because, you know, I Marvel, I love Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek. I got, you know, Dragon Ball Z. Dude, we grew up with stories. Those stories are told by characters. You don't have the characters. You can't tell a story. 
I mean, it's storytelling. That's a lot of it. Like when I talk to you, I know about your story, what's happening with your kids, where you are, what's happening with your business. Like a lot of these things, it's all about the stories. These brands are essentially worthless. Like going back to the NBA and brands like Nike, when Jordan came out, that's when it took off. Right. You know? Right. Every yeah. brand- you saw the movie, right? Everybody saw the movie Air? Come on. If you haven't, go check it out. It's a really good movie. Exactly. Every one of these brands, why do these brands have these spokespeople? And why do the spokespeople transform the brands? And now it's actually, it's completely flipped on its head where now it's the creator. It's The Rock or Mark Wahlberg or Kardashian. And then the brand is attached to that. So it used to be the brand and then you attach the star. Now it's the star, it's the creator. And then you attach the brand. Like you may have Khloe Kardashian and then you attach Good American or- You may have Kim and then you attach Skims. You may have Mark Wahlberg and then you attach one of his brands, right? So, I mean, the writing is on the wall. You either want to see it or you don't want to see it, but it is what it is. It's not going backwards. It's not changing. So you can either ride the wave, like if you're a gym owner, work with your team, work with your people, tell those stories, work with them, make them entrepreneurial, you know. Your team, your people are watching all the stuff out there. Right. They're watching my content. Yeah. Your are watching my content. They're watching Gary V. So they're seeing an offer for this, an offer for vet, offer for that. They know that they could go and do gig work yeah. somewhere and like forget training, move boxes and make 50, 60 an hour. So the marketplace is very different. It's happened very quickly. Yeah. So you're going to need to adapt or you're going to get left behind. Yeah. And it's like, listen, everybody has influence. Everybody has influence. That's it's, right. you know, some more than others, but listen, just everybody wants to, wants to be unique and go out there and do big things. And so, so yeah, just give them, give them the microphone, give them the microphone. I love it. Dude, I love this talk. This is amazing. And I want to talk a little, if, go if ahead. Mind, let me add the other side to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please. What is the other side, Kaiser? Yeah, so everything in business is a yin and yang. So I just came like full force and said, hey, be a creator, work with your creators. But then when you have a brand, it can be too tied up in that. So you, this is the tightrope walk that you have to make as the business owner. So if you have a brand, like your, your review biz, so it's all about Andres, but then where's the room for the team? or my stars, or how does it grow beyond me? You know, so the same thing with me, like with Top Level Trainer or my company, you have to make room for the people, but then the brand, the whole, the whole thing has to still stand on its own. Because like anything, there's something I heard in business, and I mean, it's just, it's just so true. Everything that is a strength in your business is an equal weakness. It's again, a perfect yin and yang in business, you know? So you may be a talent-driven business. You know, what I'm encouraging gym owners to do is become talent-driven, but then that becomes your weakness in many ways. What if one member of your talent Boom. does something bad, breaks the law, crosses the line? You know, we know how that looks in the gym business. What if one of them wants to branch out and steal your people? What if yep. one of them thinks they own the ship? What if... You take someone who is an unknown and you have a successful gym business and you make this person big and now they think they call the shots. Right. I can come in late. So these are the things you're going to have to manage. This is the delicate art. So it's not just like a a be all end all piece of advice that, hey, brand your trainers, 
do this, do that, put yourself out there more. There's another side to it, but that's the game. You know, we became business owners for a reason. It's not easy. We make the to money. To risk it everything. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. We make the money we make not for free. Not that you just put up a shingle and you make money. There's things you need to navigate. And in today's creator economy, that's where the power and the leverage is. But you're going to have to navigate that road as well. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded uh, what you're talking about here. So somebody that we we both know in the public world is uh, Dan Martell. And so he wrote the book, The Buy Back Your Time. So he talks about it's better for you to invest in somebody than not to invest in somebody. Because if you don't invest in them, they can't get better and your business can't grow. So if you do invest in them and it helps your business and they leave, oh, well, that's it. It happens. You can't be afraid about that. You just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. So just invest and, and work with people. And yeah, so it is a double-edged sword. Yeah. And it's just, listen. You know what's interesting in that though? The one piece of advice, again, like I love that this is a gym owner's podcast so we can get right to the raw and really talk shop is there is the ego part involved yeah. as well. Because you can invest someone in your company, say someone you just hired someone in a management role or, or a sales role, and you invest heavily in them. The gym business where it's public facing, individual interpersonal connections, and really someone in their locality becomes a local star, the ego part of that is just really like another layer. So you can invest in the person, build them up, you could have a trainer or someone on your team that you're building up and market. Well, well, that you're building up and building their skills, right? That's one thing. I think that's a little bit closer to the analogy that Dan was making. Like you're really building up their skills and their yeah. level of output, but also you're building up their notoriety. So that's just adding an additional layer. So that's the road you're going to have to navigate, you know? So that's the game. is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. I want to get to our, our roller coaster question. So our roller coaster question is like the one we start off with. And I know we're, we've been hitting some really cool topics and I love it. But the, the roller coaster question is, you know, life is a roller coaster. It goes ups and downs, lefts and rights. And there is, has to be a guardrail in our life, a track that we're on to help us reach those goals. Kaiser, for you, what has been one of those guardrails, tracks that you used to help you reach those goals? I think that the game of business itself uh, really in itself, you know, something Ed Milet talks about, a lot of people really talk about this, but Ed Milet has really like verbalized it in a beautiful way. He said, business is the best self-development course you can ever, ever yeah. go on. And I think that's been my guardrail. You know, something, um, there's another guy, uh, Sam Ovens. 
he talks about that as well, that you don't have business problems, you have personal problems. Mm. So just to be like totally honest, just totally frank about my road in business, and, and you already asked me about my journey, it's always been governed by overcoming my personal problem. Right. I got into business, obviously, why did I get into business? Same reason you did and everybody watching, we wanted to make more money. And then what happened was you, you eventually hit that ceiling and you have to fix yourself. You have to work on yourself, your habits. I think a physical pursuit is the same thing. I want to lose some weight. All right, well, I have to start sleeping better and eating better and working out and then start disciplining myself. If those personal habits don't happen where I'm disciplined, where I'm relaxed, then the fitness thing won't happen. And the same thing with business. So business has been just the greatest learning experience for me. It's just been like an extreme blessing. You know, I think for a lot of people, there's different things that can be their guardrail. People find the grounding in their relationship or their priorities or providing for their family or, or religion, their relationship with God. That obviously can be an incredible one. But I think the game of business itself yeah. will bring so much out of you, so much output. You'll actually, you're not going to be able to win unless you're a good person. It'll eventually catch up with you. Yeah, I remember a book I read. It's like, you got to be a champion in your home so you can be a champion at work. That's right. And that's for sure. And the business does help you that. You know, for me, honestly, one of the things that first attracted me to business was like, hey, I get to write my own hours and, and my freedom. Like, I get to have freedom. And so yeah. that was my first thing. And then once I got deeper into like the why got bigger and, and I was like, oh, okay, we can actually help people and change their lives and stuff. And so that was became, a, so yeah. And then money come along with it. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. great. I love business, man. Yeah, the, the money and the freedom, it's essentially yeah. like I can pay my bills to the money, but call my own shots. Yeah. I think it's still like in some ways the money play, but yeah, the freedom sure. certainly comes out with that control over our own destiny. For sure. Like you could learn a skill or make a key deal and transform your business, double your income like tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, say in an employment arrangement or something like that, that would be much more difficult. Possible. Certainly possible. Oh, yeah. No, no yeah. Much more money. difficult. Yeah. Serving two masters type of, oh gosh, yeah. yeah. Dude, so I'm going to go right into like in your life, who has been like an influence in your life, in your business life? Can you tell like a story about it or something? I think the biggest guy really has been Dan Kennedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Got to work with Dan a lot. And I, I think a lot of people tell the same story about Dan. I think what people don't realize is, is this entire world, this much of this ecosystem you know, Dan is a little up there in age and, and there's been, you know, essentially a decade since he's been heavily active in the industry. So his imprint on it has gone down, you know, significantly. But much of what we're seeing in the landscape, like I don't know to what degree Dan Martell has necessarily been influenced by him, but Infusionsoft, that company, which influenced so many companies and was one of the biggest and first oh, yeah. fast companies in the marketing space, was completely born from within Dan's business and with his coaching. ClickFunnels. Yeah, oh, for sure. Well, now Russell has essentially bought and co-opted Dan and all of his intellectual property. Well, I, I found out in 2021 that, you know, Dan Kennedy wasn't dead. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so shocked. I'm like, what? How is he bringing him on stage? I was crazy. I was, I was at the ClickFunnels event. Crazy. I mean, because it was all over the internet that he was dead. Yeah. All over... So many people that knew him that are big people that right. knew well yeah. doing podcasts about rest in peace, Don, Dan Kennedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dan has something to play in that. He wrote like one or two letters 
right. on his deathbed. Yeah, it's he wild. Released those, but he didn't release the letter, hey, I'm alive. You know, so, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, with Dan, I, I mean, you talk about who's influenced me. I mean, yeah. Dan is such an influence that you have to almost question whether that was some ninja tactic to get his name out there or do something. I wouldn't even put it past him. Yeah. Like I hear um He was sick. He was on his deathbed. He was. And he, you know, he wrote the letters and stuff, obviously, because he writes. And so Yeah, but um, make a big deal about the fact that you're alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, have someone in your office, have your assistant just message everyone and say, hey, Dan's alive. You know, that the message- rumors of my death are extract you know, they're exactly yeah, exactly. And this goes to show you what an animal Dan was. Yeah, he was very sick. He was in a hospice, organs failing. Right. And this is like five years ago. My man is right. still alive and kicking and, and still doing a lot. Yeah, everyone can really, you know, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made, the reason my journey is kind of taking me so long is I left some a lot of Dan's teachings. I see that a lot of the people that I know in the industry that came up with me that are doing much better than me stayed within those teachings. Mm. And I didn't. I thought that I became a big brand. I thought that I didn't have to do a lot of that stuff. I thought I didn't have to make offers anymore. Just do bland, brandy type marketing. Don't make offers. Don't communicate with personality. Don't tell stories. Just be another bland brand. And mm. that was the biggest mistake. Right. You know? So he really, I mean, my story is not different. Again, we talked about the company Gym Launch. Click Funnels, Infusionsoft, and all the companies that that company influenced, just countless, countless people. Even if you don't think that Dan influenced you, like you're learning from this guru sure. or this coach or you're following this thing right. or you're reading. Like you could be reading $100 million offers, <laughs> but what you don't know is 80% of that book is just copy right. and paste from Dan Kennedy. Yeah, just rehashed. You know. I'm going to go to the Bible. Ecclesiastics talks about there's nothing new under the sun. And so it's so evident. And even like Russell Brunson talks about this is like, it's not copying, we're modeling. And so we might be taking a little there, a little influence from here, a little influence from there. And then bring is like, oh yeah, this brand new process. Here it is. And idea, strategy is like, nah, sounds like this. I'm like, eh, you're right. <laughs> so Nothing new under the sun is huge. And so we got to go into it like, okay, how do I become unique? What's my unique selling proposition, right? Well, you, I think going back to what your business model is, the trainer, the trainer is a unique business proposition. You, they're the voice, they're the unique voice out there. And there's certain people that are going to connect with that person. You know, we can't, legacy is, is overrated. I, I believe in legacy. But legacy, like in a couple of generations, people are going to forget about you. But if your voice, if you're able to influence this person and this person influences this, and it's, it lingers on that way. It goes that way. And so to me, that thing is huge. The next question is like the growth, right? And so we talk about legacy. And, and so growth in your life, what has been something that has inhibited you from growing? Or what's been something that, you know what? This was the catalyst to help me grow so fast. I don't know if you want to share the yin or the yang, but tell us what would be the one thing that either inhibited or helped you. And if you would have like done it sooner, it would have been better. Any idea what that would might be? You know, one thing I would say is that I, I think, again, I talked about the amazing road that businesses. And I think one of the things that you learn is you have to adopt a certain amount of self-awareness. You can be an entrepreneur. Two people can be 
business owners like you and I and be completely different. And there is a way for all of us to win. One thing about growing up in New York, being in the business world, traveling nationally, is there's so many different types of business owners. You have to find out the type of business owner that you are. So the thing that's happened to me, so some like, you know, one of those light bulb moments is becoming more aware of the type of business person I am in the sense that creating some overwhelmingly corporatized structure and hiring corporate people. You know, I went through a period of that, of hiring top corporate people from other companies and things like that. That didn't work for me. It didn't work for the culture of my company. For really, when it comes down to it, my objectives, my true objectives, and also just my personality as a leader and as a CEO. So you have to know the type of business owner that you are. You know, there's some people like I think that are more of the hustler mindset. And if you lean into that, adopt that and understand it, you can do phenomenal things. You know, I've been in like the great seats at the Lakers game enough or in first class that you talk to the person to the right and the left. Yeah. And there could be a multi-million dollar story, but completely, completely different. So the hustler can win and they can win big. And then there's the corporate person, the person that went and got seven million in funding and then did this and then got that person or whatever that, you know, went to Harvard Business School and and kind of came up that way. And so the hustler looking at that model, that may not work. And the Harvard business person that knows how to maybe get venture capital funding and and create something where maybe they only have 7% equity in their company, but the company's worth a billion dollars, they would be you know, taking the wrong route and being a hustler, maybe, you know, so you have to know where on that spectrum. Yeah. Be true to thyself. That's right. That's it. Be true to thyself and know who you are. Like my sister is a lawyer. Yeah. You know, she's just got her her law degree. She just took her, her bar exam. That to me is like awesome for her. Not anywhere I want to be. Yeah. You know, and then where I am is like, that's not attractive to her. So it's like, but we're, we're siblings and it's like, you know, I love her, and this is great. This is I, I love that because know, you know, know, know yourself is important. So that's big. part of the process too. Like it even relates back to me, and I'm sure you have the same story too. That I even went like your sister's a lawyer. I went into a vocational program in college, right. and then it was self awareness, clearly knowing this is not for me. So then you go into business, and then what type of business owner are you? Know thyself. And that will come with trial and error. So keep trying, keep going, yeah. keep pushing, set the vision. And you may need to change paths, but yeah. that's okay. I love it. That's okay. Take that back. There you go. I mean, I take that, take that to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> now we've reached the point where it's the fast five. And so the fast five, I just ask you questions and whatever thought is, you go with it and then we go next. Ready? Yeah. Who is an influential person or people in your business journey? I would say entertainers, athletes, they really, it's the tip of the spear, you know? So athletes are such a big influence, like, like the way they just, they focus in their craft and they just boom, 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 boom. They get to the world series. They get to the Super Bowl, They get wherever it is, world cup and they, they perform. I love it. Yeah. I think like, um, I know this is a fast five, but just something real quick. I would really encourage everyone, you know, people talk about the hind brain and the lizard brain and things like that. I would encourage everyone to kind of like, Really seek to understand that. I think that you're going to get much, much farther in business in the sense that like athletes are like fit people. They're working out. They're warriors in sense. 
That's where the lizard brain aspect comes in, like it's simulated warfare. And that's why people are so attracted to it. But people will sit and watch it being extremely overweight, eating nachos. You know, so you want to learn like what attracted me to that or an entertainer. It's just this highly polished, highly professional performance. So what can my business learn from that? So I think there's just so many lessons. We are these people in clothes with the haircut, talking on cameras and technology. We're still animals. And every single thing in our society is still built on the animal impulses. If I turn on my TV, there's only two or three types of programs. There's a drama or action, which are animals fighting for power, which I can watch two, you know, animals doing, two squirrels doing outside. If people fighting for resources, there could be a show like Billions or Succession or something like that. So people are fighting for resources. Or there is some romantic thing, which is just animals mating. Yeah. The mating dance. Yeah. Or there's a sport, which is simulated warfare, animals fighting. Right. There was nothing else on TV. If I listen to a song, there's only a couple of subjects that, that the song could be about. Mating, animals mating, or with hip-hop music, right. animals fighting right. for power. Yeah. Or also like with certain types of hip-hop music, like maybe animals demonstrating their like sexual viability, like right. I, I have so much money. Or also it's a fight for resources. Yeah. Like again, two hyenas fighting for an extra piece of meat. So kind of long-winded question, uh, a long-winded answer. So what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? Put away more money. Okay. Like it. You know, like I, it, yeah. I've made millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And Profit first, guys. This is the yeah. book you guys need to check out. Profit first. Yeah. Mike McCallowitz or something like that. So uh, speaking of books, what's a book, a blog, a podcast, or a media you recently consumed that positively impacted you? What's a book? You know, I'm not, I'm not reading as much as I used to. What's a book that- Podcasts or some kind of media, you know, it could be a movie, right? Something that positively impacted you. Wow. I don't know, man. Who's your, your favorite author was uh, Dan Kennedy. So maybe one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something like that. I'm, I'm trying to see like what's here around me. Like what's on my table? What's something that like, I feel like I've seen some movies recently. Did anything really blow me away? One thing I would say that's, the, oh, you, you know what? I, I mean, here's a book over here. Um, so $100 million offers. Perfect. Yep. So with, with Alex, just not only that, but I, I know a lot about his backstory, his original mentor that he talks about that yeah. in partnership was, oh, a, that's cool. was a good friend of mine. Who Millions passed. of Dollar Offers. That's a great book. Highly recommend it as well. Yeah. But even more so than the book, like I told you, um, it's not a very thick book and Dan no. Kennedy's library. Easy. Very applicable. He has a, a website and everything. You can check it out. And it's, it's the audio book is great too. Watch it and I mean, listen to it while so you read one it. One thing I would say about this book, it's been extremely influential in that it red pilled a lot of people to this idea of offers. Like I said, I came up from Dan Kennedy and much of this information is co-opted from Dan Kennedy, but it's more Alex's story. So his emergence, you know, showed me that I initially, before I franchised, pursued licensing. And it comes to knowing yourself I was like, you know what? Let me be more legitimate in corporate and let me be a franchise. But we know that Alex killed it with licensing. And then me and Alex came up, like my friend was his first mentor, was the guy that introduced him to the gym business. Wow. Well, so watching just kind of the way that me and him walked similar paths, but how he took it in a certain direction and really did well with it. 
like he early on really fell into the ClickFunnels camp. And that was the same period of time. Like I knew Russell, met him early on, knew of him a long time ago, but I backed away from that. Because like I told you, I didn't know myself and I went one more of a corporate route. So again, sorry that one took too so long, but- $100 million still, offers, great book. Yeah, but not just um, the book itself per se, even though the book is phenomenal. Yeah. Several books condensed into one, but it's Alex's story and his rise himself. I think that's like another takeaway that if you go and you just meet and you learn from a lot of people, like not just Alex, but so many of my friends early on in the industry have gone on to $100 million companies. My friend, um, Sam, that passed away, that was Alex's mentor, you know, he was a good, good friend of mine. I used to visit him frequently. And then he went and became extremely successful. You know, he built a $20, $30, $40 million company. So those types of things, I think that you can be inspired by people. So more so than books, that's why I was so stuck when you asked me that on this. More so than books, it's people. Yeah. I think that can really make those changes. So specific to your question about what specific podcast or whatever or book it may be, it's Alex, but not just any of the content per se, it's him as a person and his journey and his story. That's so good. That I've seen yeah. podcasts and books. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, dude, there's so many, man. So many, dude, so many. Then the next question, I got two more questions and then one last awesome question. What is a favorite online tool that you have, that you use? Zoom is so big these days. What a game changer, man. You know, what a game changer. I mean, I don't know. You mentioned one before we got on, on the call, I think. Wasn't it? Was it Canva? Canva, not too much. No? I think these connections through Zoom, just such Zoom? a game changer. Okay, cool. Like I, I met you in person. Nothing really beats in person. What you and I have been so far along and connecting and talking and doing this podcast, had we not met in person, maybe, maybe not. So I think in person is always the best. But, but next best for sure, virtual Zoom. I would say Zoom. I'm meeting so many yeah. people. Oh, and then obviously. You want to double dip, don't you? You want to get like another no, one in I'm there. I'm not going to keep what's these up? answers short. I'm sorry, go man. No, no, go ahead. What's, what's the next one? Wrong guy. Instagram. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, for sure. That's Instagram. such a great tool for sure, especially in your business and what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, and, it, it, you know, it's amazing that your business really serves people and helps them with their online profiles and, and their, um, you know, um, their reputation online. Because online and specifically Instagram, I think is the greatest invention ever. The level of contact, connection, meeting people, reaching people, advertising. One of the great, it's like up there with AI and fire, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, AI is great. Really, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Chat GPT. Yeah, yeah. Boom. I'm Here's using it. right now uh, Claude. So, yeah. so that, there you go. That's another one that's really good as well, uh, depending what you're using for. Next one is, is what's one habit or practice that you do that you believe everybody would benefit from? right now? One thing that I do a lot now is I do a lot of fight training, okay. but not nice. necessarily in the sense that I'm not going and taking classes or actively fighting or sparring. I used to do that a lot, but I think that everyone, um, I, I heard um, someone talking about this recently that for cardio, low intensity, steady state is the best way to go. So if you're fight training at 80%, 60%, even 20% of your ability, it's a great way to get cardio in. Treadmills are so boring. And also, one thing I love about fight training is that even when you're tired, like it could be the end of the day, you can never make an excuse. Like I can make an excuse that I can't lift today because I didn't eat properly or I didn't yeah. sleep enough. And that's a legitimate excuse. But in a fight, you could be in, the, in perfect shape and you get hit in your solar plexus and it's as if like your body shut down. 
and like you're just dead tired. So you can never make that excuse. So that's one thing that I would tell everybody. If you're trying to get more cardio in, you don't have to be a fighter. Like I'm not going and sparring. I'm not even taking classes. Even like a couple of years ago, I was taking a class, like a very competitive class once a week. I haven't been there in a couple of years. Hmm. But just the fight training is something fun. Going back again, like I guess our whole podcast is coming full circle. That going back to the animal aspect, you're throwing your hands. So it's like very fulfilling. I love it. I love it. That's you know? a good, good. And then, good and then you can never cop out. Like if you told me right now, I have a treadmill in the room I'm in now, and you could tell me, hey, you know, Kaiser, why don't you go, you know, run five miles? And be like, ah, I'm tired, not feeling it. Just did a podcast with Andres. But you could be like, hey, why don't you go spar ten rounds? And I'd be like, I'm not feeling it. Well, you can't make that excuse because you get hit in the head one time in a fight, and you're not feeling it anymore. But you still have to fight the ten rounds. You know, so that's the one thing about fighting that is just so unique and so different than everything else. First of all, it's a perfect way to exercise if you hate treadmills. Oh, yeah. Because it's low intensity, steady state. Dude, go, do, do what a boxer does on training. You're, you're going to change your perspective on, on what training is. So I love it, dude. By the way, the last question is huge. Ready? So I don't tell everybody, but I have a time machine. And in the time machine, where you and I are going to go back and we're going to go visit Kaiser at 14 years old. What is a piece of advice that you tell Kaiser? Oh, man. It's so funny you picked 14. You know, I consider that the year I was born. So here in New York, for those of you that know New York, I was born and raised in Queens. When I was 14, I went to high school. I went to high school in Manhattan. So I was in the mix. Like, I went from Queens to Manhattan. There's no bigger change than you could make. It's kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street story where he grew up in Queens and then he went into the, into the stock market. So what I, what I would tell that Kaiser is what you know now, who you are as this raw person, as this kind of animal, lean into it. Like I think a lot of who we are and what we know in those high school years are such tumultuous years, but we're forced to like kind of back away from it. You know, I was watching um, one of the ending scenes from the movie um, Step Brothers, where the dad tells his son, right, but you know, at the thing where before he starts singing, what was that called? Whatever. Anyway, he's telling his son that I used to be a T-Rex when I was a kid. And then everyone told me, stop being a T-Rex, stop being a T-Rex. And he's like, you know what? I should have stayed a T-Rex. And that's the same thing, the advice, like the, what that Kaiser discovered when he was born, the world he discovered he slowly allowed the world to permeate him and dial himself back, I would have pursued it full force. Like what you love, what you want to do, the way that you see the world. I think like my whole life has come full circle. I think the level of awareness that I've kind of gotten through my journey is I've become that person again. So that's the advice that I would say that lean into this. I don't know if I'd have ended up almost in exactly the same place. I kind of feel like I would have. So I really truly have no regrets in life, but I would have doubled down on who I was, like not backed away from it. I would have leaned into it. I love it. Jordan Peterson talks about knowing your monster, right? right. And it's like, you have a monster inside of you, let him out and then understand how to control the monster, right? Because a farmer with a pickaxe is, is one, one thing, but if a warrior with a pickaxe is another thing, right? So, so know your warrior inside of you. So I love it, dude. I love it. Great advice for a 14-year-old. I'm sure that there's, you know, 14-year-olds out there like, okay, well, 
I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Like, I'm not telling you all that. We're just like, hey, know it. Don't let it go. Understand it and be able to use it for good. Yeah. Like embrace your strengths, embrace the monster, certainly. But also, I wouldn't be doing any justice if I didn't tell the 14-year-old, also control the monster. Because not only does society try to diminish you in some ways, like tell you not to dream as high, but it also distracts you. You know, and I got distracted. You know, I don't really need to get into it in depth, but just use your imagination in any every possible way that you could be distracted. So a lot of the blame is me internally. I would have told that guy, that guy ride the straight and narrow, have some great values. You don't have to do and try everything in the world, but then also lean into what you love and what you want to do. Yeah. Oh, so good. Kaiser, such a great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Pleasure's been mine, Andres. Thank you. Man, that was such a fun episode. I really enjoyed what Kaiser said about the value of embracing one's authentic passions and strengths. What was your favorite takeaway from today's episode? I want you to connect and share a message with me on Instagram at meetesco. That, by the way, that's my personal. And we would love to hear your thoughts. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on. And remember to leave us a review and rating. It helps us improve the show. And that feedback just means the world to us. Also, check us out on YouTube. The channel is filled with a whole bunch of podcasts and other strategies on reviews and and things to help you with sales and marketing. So go ahead and check that out. By the way, as always, I want to thank you so much for the encouragement. And I truly appreciate your listening to the podcast and helping us improve with your comments. And I'll be seeing you next time in the growth zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.